تفسير So we're starting with a disclaimer. Okay? The text came to me at 7:02 a.m. that I was teaching today. Okay? Disclaimer. Second disclaimer. I would be kicked out of any, any seminary for what I'm teaching on today. Disclaimer number two. Thank you. Exactly. Way to go, Mike. All right. So we are talking about football today. I know. I know. You're all disappointed. I know. Please don't pull out the Kleenex yet. How many of us in here like football? There we go. Exactly. All right. So we are talking about winning at the game of life today. Now, you can see the letter behind these words. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the reverberation of excitement for those Huskers. All right, yeah, I know there's a few Husker fans in here. I know that. It's exciting. So I grew up in a household where sports was a big deal. In fact, my dad, who happens to be sitting in the audience today, pretty cool, my dad's blood is red. <laughs> Amazing. Husker fan through and through. In fact, there's a kind of a funny story with me being brought into the world. Supposedly, I have been told that the doctor who delivered me had season tickets because everybody has tickets because if you grew up in Nebraska, there is nothing else on Saturdays except football. We all know that. Nothing except Nebraska football. And so he had season tickets, and I was supposed to be born on the day that the game was. So they induced my mom so that he would not miss the football game and I came on September 19th, and he was able to go to the Nebraska game. I mean, that is how we roll in Nebraska. <laughs> so today, we're going to talk about winning at the bigger game. Not a football game, but the bigger game called life. And this little analogy down a little bit, and it may be a little sacrilegious to compare our walk in this world to football, but... There are no pastors here, so <laughs> all the lids are off. We can do anything we want. We can say anything we want. We're free. No, actually, Michael is so gracious to even let me come up here and uh, share with you. So we will honor that to the best of our ability. In any game, there are opposing sides. There, there are the good guys, you know, the team you want to win. There are the bad guys. And if you are competing against another team, the other team is the enemy. They may not, you know, be bad people, but when you are playing a game, you perceive that other team to be the enemy. In life, whether you want to believe it or not, there is a real enemy. And we can go around, we can pretend like everything is great, like life is good, like it doesn't really matter. But the truth is, is that there really is an enemy. And um, what we want to know today is what we can do to overcome that enemy and ultimately win the game. So I'm proposing to you that there are three components to winning a game, okay? And it starts uh, in, in this team analogy, in this game, in this football analogy, but man, it, it just is pervasive throughout all of life. So the first component we're going to talk about is planning, okay? So there are three components. There's planning, there's practice, 
And then there's prayer, if you want to be successful in this Christian life. Planning, practice, prayer. So, for planning. The scripture that we are going to um, kind of highlight today, go ahead and move it to the next one for us, Terry, is in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will make straight your path. Okay, th there is a, a, an assumption here that in your plans, you acknowledge the Lord. I did not plan to be up here today, but I believe it is God's plan that I'm up here today. Okay? There are so many things in this life that require planning. And there are so many opportunities we will miss if we do not plan ahead of time. Now, I'm thinking about a story that most of us in this room are super familiar with. It was September of 2013. And the rain came, and the rain came, and the rain came, and the rain came. And it kept coming, and it kept coming. And on that third night, I was working at the store. Uh, I work at Brownfields downtown. And it was about midnight, and my phone was, like, going crazy and flashing and beeping. Flood warning, flood warning, flood warning. And, and the rain's coming down. And Don, who owns the store, and myself, we walked down to Confluence Park, where those two rivers come together in town, for those of you that might not be familiar with it. And, and honestly... Don's words were, oh, I've seen this so many times. The banks will hold. I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. You can always count on George to make just the right sounds when you need it. <laughs> Thank you, George. It is true. We were given an opportunity to plan. We walked back along the river and we're like, oh, no. It was midnight. We had plenty of time to move things in the store. We had plenty of time to, like, barricade the front door, close it off, seal it off. We were given the opportunity to make plans, and we didn't. And I ended up staying the night at the store that night because the road that I needed to go home to was washed out, and it was coming across the little... 411 thingy, 911 thingy that you put on your iPad so that you can be informed. And um, I ended up staying at the store, and by 5 o'clock in the morning, water was coming in the front door of the store. I had all night, all night to move that merchandise. I had all night to barricade that door to try to seal up those windows. Failed to plan. We failed to plan. I wonder how many other people didn't heed those warnings that we were given that night. Now, some stuff you just, you, you can't avoid, but it could have been minimized. When you are playing a football game, when you are playing any game, the way to win is to plan to win. <laughs> there needs to be a plan for every play. There needs to be a plan for the first quarter. There needs to be a plan for the second quarter. There needs to be a plan for the first half. How many of us have plans in this room for what we're going to do with the rest of our lives. And what are those plans? Are those plans simply make enough money to retire, to live a nice life? Are those plans to make money so that your kids have enough money to go to college or, you know, pay for an upcoming wedding or something like that? Are your plans to make a difference? 
are, are your plans to leave a legacy? What kind of plans are we making? And the second, the second component to winning is practice. Now, we all know that practice sometimes isn't fun. <laughs> like, it's not fun to do the same thing over and over and over again until you become excellent at it. For all of those um, football players during the offseason, it is not fun to continually be in the rate room, to be running laps, to be watching what they're eating, to be working on drill after drill after drill. It takes great discipline, great discipline. But if you want to be excellent, you have got to practice. How many professional sports athletes do you know that are like, oh, I'm so good, I don't need to practice. I never practice, I'm just not going to practice. Yeah, they're not on the team if they're not going to practice. You've got to practice. So what does practice look like for us? Well, it might not be weightlifting, but instead, maybe it's reading the Bible. Maybe every single day, your practice is to read something in the Bible. Maybe practice for us is to be nice. Now that takes practice, right? There's a lot of people in this world that it's very hard to be nice to. So therefore, it takes great practice. Maybe, maybe practice for us is listening. I mean, some of us really stink at listening, let's be honest. Because all we want to do is tell our story, and all we want to do is have the center stage and the spotlight. But when was the last time you went to a restaurant and you just listened to your servers? You were hanging out somewhere, and someone was telling you all their life problems. And you got an earful, and you're like, is this ever going to end? Oh, just listen. Just listen. People need us to listen. It's not hard. It doesn't take much. They just need to know someone cares and that someone will listen. It's practice. It takes practice to be a good listener. So what about praying? Conversing with God? Maybe that's totally foreign, awkward, weird. Like, ah, not even sure there is a God. Yet you want me to talk to him? Really? Try it. There is no relationship in the world that will work without conversation. Not one. You cannot be in a healthy, strong relationship without conversation. So if you want to see if God's real, try. If you want to deepen your relationship, if you want to have an awesome marriage, so to speak, with God, try talking to him. Better yet, try listening to him. So, Noticing, listening, giving, being observant, those are all ways we can practice what Jesus taught. These are not novel concepts. These are not like the height of theological excellence. These are simple. This is about life. It's about people. Easy, easy things that we can do. There's a young man named Chris who works at the store. He was at the front counter last Thursday Chris is always happy. He's always excited. Cutest little thing. Just gangly, awkward, wonderfully happy young man. And these customers came in, and they said to him they had just been to the farmer's market. And he's like, oh, no, I, I, I missed the last farmer's market. I'm so disappointed. I can't believe I missed the last farmer's market. Ah, I love the farmer's market. He's so excited. He's like that all the time. Everything. So excited. You know what those complete strangers did? 
they went home and got their bag of vegetables from the farmer's market and brought it to Chris. Now, you've never seen him excited until you've seen him get a bag of raw vegetables from the farmer's market for free from strangers. Most exciting thing that has ever happened in that young man's life. Wasn't that big of a deal? It wasn't that hard. They listened, they noticed, and they did something. They went out of their way, took five extra minutes, and totally, like, blessed the socks off of this little guy. We can practice doing the same things. There are so many opportunities we get every day to be kind to people, to take care of people, to help people, to show them that, hey, God is real. This thing is legit. But we have to be willing to do the work. We have to be disciplined enough to listen to that voice and to do something about it. So how do we keep score? You know, how do we keep score in life? It's not about the number of touchdowns we get, which is too bad because that would be really easy. Like, if we could just, like, have a little scoreboard, write down the number of touchdowns we got, like, look at the end, yes, 57 points versus, you know, three points, I win the game. But it's not that easy. How we score touchdowns is by touching lives. That's it. A touchdown is a touch life in this life. A touchdown is taking hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ. A touchdown is taking someone who is broken and hurting and saying there is hope. That's what a touchdown is. It's touching lives. So then we come to halftime. Now, in a football game, it's very clear when halftime is. You got two quarters, first half, halftime, third and fourth quarter, second half, halftime. Easy to see. In real life, halftime isn't like that. In real life, halftime can be at age 20, halftime can be at age 50, halftime can be at age 80. There is no set halftime in life. But you know what halftime is? Halftime is that break when you stop and look at your life. You reflect, you review, you refocus, and you make adjustments. That's what halftime is. It can happen anytime. You look back at what you've done in the first part of your life. You review it, you check it out. Hey, what did I do not so well? This is not about condemnation. Not about condemnation. It's not about like, you made that mistake and that mistake and that mistake. No, 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 no. It's, hey, that didn't work so well. How can I do it better? Hey, maybe I need to make an adjustment there. And then the question about halftime really is, what are you going to do with the second half? Because I don't care how big you're winning going into halftime, you can still lose the game. I do not care how big you're winning. And I don't care if you're down by 40 points. I don't care how many points you're down. You can still win that game. Halftime is the pivotal turning point in a game. That coach comes in and he gives that pep talk. And, and if you're doing well, hey, keep it up. Keep it up. You're doing so great. This work, this work, this work, this work. Keep going. You're doing great. You're going to win this game. If, if it's not so good in the locker room at halftime, it doesn't sound like that. Like, come on, guys, I know you can do better. 
You let them through there. The enemy got in here. There was a hole there. There's no way that someone shouldn't have been covering that quarterback. How did you get that interception? We can do it better, guys. We can do it better. I know you can win this game. Just make some adjustments. Just change it up. Watch, watch there. Watch there. There's an opening. They see your opening there. In real life, there are openings. And there's a real enemy who loves to infiltrate those openings. So close them. That's what halftime is. But nobody goes into halftime. Nobody goes into halftime. And, and just like, Psh, forget it. I'm done. We're walking off the field. We're quitting the game. We're not going back out there. It's over. No, halftime has hope. There's always hope in halftime. So if you're at a point in your life that's halftime, you're getting a great opportunity to go back and win that second half. So the third P is prayer. The scripture that God has given us for prayer is rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. Converse continually. Talk about the strategy continually. Listen all the time. That's what prayer is. We're in this circle maker um, series right now, and it's really just about prayer. It's all it is. Fancy word, kind of cool jargon, whatever. But it's prayer. Plain and simple. Be a praying people. The funny thing about today is that a few weeks back, maybe eight or nine weeks back, Pastor Michael handed me his projected teaching list. And he's like, okay, Jamie, you can pick which Sunday you would like to teach. I'll let you teach one Sunday. Go ahead and pick it, which was very, very nice of him. And, and something jumped off the page to me, a nobody, nobody notice, November 6th. And I was like, that one, I want that one. But the reason I wanted that one is because this one wasn't an option. Okay? This one wasn't an option because Aaron's name was already on the paper. The reason I wanted this one is because my family's in town. My dad and my stepmom are here. I wanted to bring them to church. But it wasn't an option. And I was like, Lord, it would be so cool if I got to teach on that Sunday. Can you take care of that? I mean, don't make people sick or anything, but can you take care of that? Now, all joking aside, that's what prayer is. Not super fancy. It's like, hey, Lord, this is my desire. I'd love this. You want to make it happen? That's, that's how our God operates. He operates listening to those begging, pleading, heart-wrenching prayers just as much as he does those under the breath. It'd be really cool. You want to do this? That's our God. Now, the reason I wanted my family to come to church today is not because of church. And that's where we all get it wrong. Okay? Like, I do not want to bring people to church. This is a lovely place. You're all lovely people. I like you very much. <laughs> we are the church. It is not about a building. It's not about a program. It's not about rules and regulations. It's about knowing our God. So if I am to tell someone what church is like, I tell them it's like Cheers. Now, some of you probably are too young to remember Cheers, which saddens me. 
But will you help me, Terry? I can't sing at all, so I won't. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. You want to go where people know people are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. That's what it's about. We're no different in here. We're all the same. We all have the same struggles. We're all playing in the same game. It's all the same. This church is about going where people know your name, where people care about you, where you have friends. So my question to you today is, do you want to win the game? Are you playing to win the game? Are you interested in real-life touchdowns? Because if you are, you're at the right place. Because the heart of this man that, that leads this church is just that. He wants us touching lives. He wants us making a difference. There is no one that is not invited to be part of this team. God calls every single person to be on his team. Everyone. No exception. You be on my team. You wear my jersey. I'll be your coach. Just give me a chance. And guess what? We all know in the, win, in the end who wins. Exactly. We all know that. So my challenge to you this week, look for ways that you can make touchdowns. Look for ways that you can touch people. Plan. Practice. Pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have given us your word, that you have given us the opportunity to share it, that you have invested in us so that we can in turn show people that you are real and that you love them and that you've called them to be on their team. We bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen.